host did this? Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, or Bobby Rossi? This host was born in Michigan. Who is it? Time's up. The correct answer is Andrew McKay. Get to know our local hosts by listening to News Radio 92.3. 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. Well, I'm on my way. I don't know where I'm going. I'm on my way. I'm taking my time, but I don't know where. Goodbye, Rose and the Queen of Corona. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Good morning, 810 here on News Radio 92.3, and I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Uh, Julio Diaz, he is the host of the Pensacola Movie Club. You can follow them and should do on Facebook. He is also the host of Let's Go Pensacola, which is heard 4 o'clock on Saturday here on this station. Julio, welcome back, sir. Hey, good morning, Andrew. Hey, so we have just the one movie out today, I think, is Megan, which is a super wonderful movie about a super normal, what, mechanized Ma- futuristic doll or That's something good. yeah Ma- megan is spelled m3gan and uh, there, there's an acronym for it in the movie but uh it's about this uh this uh toy designer played by uh allison williams who was in get out and of course brian williams daughter she was on girls etc uh who creates this uh this interactive doll that's you know a full-sized girl that can move autonomously that can learn and is you know supposed to be paired with a child and become kind of you know their best friend and she uh she brings this doll home to her niece who has just lost her parents she's taking care of her niece she's not really equipped to be a parent at all and uh the doll you know kind of you know as these things happen in these movies kind everything of becomes, goes great yeah, yeah, everything goes perfectly. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, she starts to to learn and grow and become self aware, and uh, you know, bad things happen. <laughs> Let's just right. say, uh, I don't think that's a that's a that's a shocker when you know that this film comes from Bloomhouse, which is known for right. horror. I really think this is more of a science fiction film than it, than it is a horror film. It does kind of take a you know. The last act kind of goes in the more horror realm, but this is a PG-13 film, and uh, but it's actually pretty good. You know, I mean, I know that the the subject matter is kind of cheesy and in some ways has been done, but it's executed pretty well. And uh, you know, for for a January release when the expectations are not that high, it's actually you know a decent film. Okay. I think you'll have a good time. I think if you like this kind of stuff, you'll have a good time with it. I I certainly did. I don't think it's going to be an award winner or uh, things, you know, yeah. but I think it's going to be successful, and which means they'll probably make more of them and it will be terrible. But this one, at least, is worth saying. I'm watching the trailer as we speak, not listening to it, but the scene of her dancing in the hallway is certainly the creepiest, weird thing I've ever seen. So I'm going to, I'll cool. probably watch it. It looks like it it's, might be entertaining. It, what are you guys going to watch? Even, it, What's fairly, that? Fair enough. It's actually creepier in, in context in the film <laughs> than it is in the trailer. So. I believe. I believe. Yeah, yeah. And that's all that's opening. What are you guys going to watch next week? Uh, well, we're waiting to see what we get. It looks like we might get uh, the Tom Hanks film, A Man Called Otto, which has some Oscar oh, yeah. buzz behind it. Uh, there's also uh, Plane, which is supposed to be coming out, which I'm not at all interested in. This is the 
Gerard Butler action movie that has the most generic title in the history of movie making. <laughs> I and, love it. Uh, and hey. uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. We have to see how this is coming out. I did want to ask you, because you're so closely connected with Pensacon, there have been two news stories recently that I just haven't had a chance to talk with you about. One is yesterday or the day before we basically found out that the possibility of eliminating the wraparound that goes from I-110 over around to what Chase or Greg, I always get confused anyway, but but that goes around the north side of the um, of the base center, that that's a $3.5 million price tag minimum, and that's not likely to happen. I like using it, but I should have made clear yesterday that if that's the thing that has to go in order to change the base center, get a new base center, get a new athletic complex, I'm all for getting rid of it for that purpose. Your yeah, take I, on I this agree. story? I, I agree. We've we've been asking for that for years. You know, we we have a great relationship with the Bay Center. Michael Caps and his staff are great people to work with. We love the Bay Center, but it's no secret that we've outgrown the space available there. We literally have been sold out on vendor space for months, and every single day we have more vendors inquiring wow. about wanting to be part of Pentacon. It is is very much limiting our growth that we don't have anywhere to grow in that regard. And, you know, the the flip side of that for the end end consumer, which is our guests, our our attendees, we can't bring in bigger name celebrities because we can't get the people through the building to justify the revenue. Yeah. 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 Can't can't grow to the place that it would like to be. Okay. And the other one I was going to ask you about is, you know, there's been a lot of talk about this pickleball court uh, opening up in the underutilized or unutilized resource warehouse on the port. And I assume that could be used for event space as well. Have you guys looked into that at all? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, we're very intrigued to see what that, that project develops into, of course. We're, we're constantly looking for more space because okay. it's not just, you know, we need to keep the vendors and the celebrities in the same space. But you got to keep in mind, Pensacon is a campus approach. We use right. multiple facilities throughout downtown Pensacola for panels and workshops and, you know, other kinds of events. So, you know, currently we use the Pensacola Cultural Center. We use the Rex Theater. We use a uh, number of facilities in the historic district. I think we may actually be expanding to another facility this year, but I don't have a deal in place on that yet, so I don't want okay. to talk too much about that yet. Uh, so, yeah, you know, uh, obviously any new large, uh, large-scale large facility is going to be something we're going to look at with a lot of interest. Uh, I appreciate that. Very good. Um, Julio Diaz is the host of the Pensacola Movie Club. Follow him on Facebook. And also, Let's Go Pensacola again tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Julio, as always, thanks for the good information. Thanks for what you do for the community, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, thanks, Andrew. You bet. Coming up next, a transgressor service. Before that, we've got uh, Candy with traffic on the fives. Uh, car accident southbound on I-10 right after the interchange, but it looks like it may have been cleaned up. Burgess looks just completely backed up. This is just to the side of 29, but I think that's people just waiting to get on uh, 29, just on the other side of the school. East Nine Mile Road, west of Chemstrand, showing an accident with no roadblock. This is presented by Whitetail Properties Real Estate, specializing in hunting and recreational properties. Visit Agent Todd Edwards, an experienced land specialist. They're at Whitetail properties.com and if you have traffic tips text 437-1620 news radio 92.3 informative local dependable ecua's free recycling coach app is here discover which materials are recyclable receive automatic reminders on waste collection schedules and holiday update and use the report a problem feature to schedule a special pickup or report a missed pickup what's more there's educational information on a wide variety of recycling topics and resources download the recycling coach app today with the app store or play store Also accessible from the ECUA website. That's ecua.fl.gov. This message is sponsored by the Florida A&M University Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. 
Are you curious about marijuana? Florida A&M University established the Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, also known as MARI, to educate the public about medical marijuana use as well as the detrimental health and social impacts of unlawful marijuana use on local communities. Find out more at mmeri.famu.edu. Hi, I'm Candy Cullerton. I am the producer for Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay, and we wish you a very, very happy new year from all of us at News Radio 923. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to remember those who've transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must henceforth be forever cast into the abyss of dead names. In this moment of our remembrance, we prove with great grief and wailing the sincerity of our noble tolerance. What we once wrongly allowed in the ignorance of white privilege has become the cleansing rite of virtue signaling we use to prove our purity. Join with me now as we remember those we've lost. First, the New Year's resolution to lose weight or go on a diet because... As you no doubt recognize, this is fundamentally fat-phobic and body-negative. As fat liberation activist Sarah, who goes by the username Wait What Sorry, recently explained... Generally speaking, there's three kind of big buckets of reasons why someone might engage in intentional weight loss. First is desirability, second, health, third, stigma. But at the end of the day, all of those are rooted in fat phobia in different ways. That's right. Virtually every reason for losing weight is merely repackaged fat phobia. And probably sexist. If you do it to be prettier, or more handsome for instance, you're just perpetuating the thin centricity of our culture and reinforcing the idea that skinny is always happier and hotter. And so if you are wanting to lose weight in order to become more desirable, you are upholding a fatphobic beauty standard, as well as, you know, white supremacy and all that jazz. Obviously white supremacy and all that jazz. Moreover, you're ignoring the clearly scientific fact that not all people are capable of losing weight, and also you're rewarding the people who unintentionally lose weight through no fault of their own. In addition, due to the fine work done by author Natalia Melman Petzrella, although with only two hyphenated surnames, she's still on probationary status, who recently told Time Magazine about the most surprising find in her book Fit Nation, The Pains and Gains of America's Exercise Obsession, namely that the so-called health movement in America has its roots in white supremacy, with the goal of making childbearing age white women be healthier so as to deliver more white children into the world. And surely, if the evils of fat phobia don't persuade you to abandon intentional weight loss, the stigma of perpetuating white supremacy with so-called good diet and exercise must. However, there is hope. For those of you who find yourself unable to resist caving in to the fat phobia all around us and lose weight, so long as you either lose it unintentionally or at least continue the fight against weightism, all is well. But it's really important that if you still go through with intentional weight loss that you don't sacrifice fat liberation politics because otherwise it's still just fat phobia even if you're doing it for your mental health and accessibility for all the fat liberationists out there woe unto all who offend woe unto all who offend but second continue with me if you will to learn that in fact all new year's resolutions are unacceptable for their reinforcement of privilege or ableism or their marginalization of people who suffer from self-control deficiency syndrome Consider some examples. People vow to manage their finances better. Well, it sure must be nice to have been bequeathed the mathematical skills to do so. 
Can't you see the numerical literacy privilege asserted in believing you can control your own financial outcomes? Perhaps you forget how many people are trapped in economic situations beyond their control and over which they have no viable power and no ability to do arithmetic. Should you not rather suffer in solidarity with them instead of rubbing your mathearchical arithmeticism and money freedom in their faces? It's so ableist. Again, some people vow to quit or reduce their consumption of substances such as alcohol or tobacco, but don't you see how this reinforces the ableist notion that personal responsibility and individual choice are the key components of lived outcomes? Do you know nothing about addiction or diminished capacity due to parental, cultural, or television influences? Who are you to waggle your unsmoked cigarettes and unshotgun beer cans in the faces of those who struggle with real psychobehavioral challenges such as stunted desire management disease? And again, people vow to be more punctual, which of course is a racist reinforcement of the white Western European norm of timeliness, not adhered to by many other cultures and people groups around the world. Moreover, punctuality requires an investment in timepieces and therefore only further empowers the corporations of big time, like Seiko, Casio, Citizen, Patek Philippe, Swatch, Movado, and of course, Rolex. But instead of feeding this Eurocentrist paradigm of punctuality and timeliness, I say we embrace CPT and siesta centrism, power to the tardy, down with the timearchy, woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. And finally, I want to take some time to praise the fine work being done in our federal government to combat the scourge of micro-inequities. Now, I know it's possible some of you have not yet memorized the 148th edition of Fulsenacker's Guide to Inclusive Language, so let me explain. Whereas a microaggression expresses racial or gender bias stereotypes in subtle ways through language, micro-inequities express racism and sexism through behaviors. For instance, as the brochure used in an actual Department of Homeland Security Empowerment Seminar explains, when a coworker interrupts you while talking, leaves you out of a discussion or a project, continues to work on emails while you try talking to him, or looks at his watch while listening to you, these are all incontrovertible examples of racist and sexist micro-inequities. Not to be confused, of course, with micro-indignities, micro-indubitabilities, and micro-inedibilities, all of which, of course, fall within the broader hierarchy of micro-messaging, and each of which have received their own treatment in numerous doctoral theses. Now, it's true. Some of the unenlightened heathens were still forced to endure because we haven't amassed enough capital to relocate them to re-education camps, yet have tried to claim that such behaviors are not special to minority groups and are merely examples of rudeness. Moreover, they claim that white men have even at times done all of these things to other white men. <laughs> right. As if we aren't able to recognize the vast difference between a white man looking at his watch while talking with another white man and that same white man looking at his watch while talking with a person of African ancestry or a human with feminine of center tendencies. What sort of gullible neophytes do you take us for? We know the difference. Oh, and you can bet we also know the difference between a white man who actually listens undistractedly to a marginalized coworker and a white man who only appears to be listening undistractedly to a marginalized coworker because he's scared to be caught micro-inequitizing that human by looking at his watch. We see. We always see. So good work federal government showing us that things formerly classified as being productive, busy, or just rude are actually examples of racism and misogyny in the workplace. Extra participation trophies and more group hugs for you, for sure. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. And now, with these cleansing rites performed, may we all go forth in loving tolerance and microaggress no more, 
woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. 825 News Radio 923. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News. I agree with everything you said. I mean, finally, my (laughs) viewpoint. Right, expressed properly on the show. We'll get headlines from Steve in just a second before that candy's got traffic on the fives. Okay, uh, this is brought to you by your, let's see, Discover car. That's right. Uh, And there's an accident again southbound on I-10 right after the interchange. East 9 Mile Road, west of Kempstrand, showing an accident, but it looks like both have been cleaned up. Uh, Traffic on the fives again brought to you by your Discover card. And with Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. If you have traffic tips, text 437-1620 News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Now into the newsroom where Steve Taylor's got our headlines. Steve? Well, former Russian President Dmitry Medvedev is threatening the U.S. with hypersonic cruise missiles in addition to comparing the U.S. policies to those of the Nazis. Medvedev issued the threat and the insult in a social media post in response to a U.S. embassy appeal to Russian citizens for peace. Medvedev is an ally of, of course, Vladimir Putin and currently serves as the deputy director of the Russian Security Council. And there's some new information about a man whose foot was found floating in a hot pool in Yellowstone National Park. Investigators say the 70-year-old man from Los Angeles left behind some poems, handwritten notes, and $447 in cash in his car. Park rangers found the foot, which was still inside a shoe, floating in the abyss pool in mid-August. Investigators don't know exactly what happened to the guy. Believed it happened about two and a half weeks before the foot was found and say there are no witnesses. Foul play's not uh, suspected at all. There was no suicide note. Now geologists found no other human remains in the area, but found some fatty deposits floating on the surface of the pool over time. Mm, not right. happy about this. Well, nice to hear while folks are eating breakfast yeah, right now. Good job, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's part of my diet plan, you see, you know. Oh, all right. Christmas. Yeah, lose some weight. Way to feed so, the fat phobia all around right, us, Steve. Yeah, right. Well thank, done. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. That was your headlines. <laughs> 827 on News Radio 92.3. Oh, my God. Somebody texted me in and said, Andrew, you, I know you were making fun of the, uh, what did I call it? The, uh, uh, self-controlled deficiency syndrome or something like that. And he said, but look at this link from the National Institutes of Health. Understanding deficient emotional self-regulation in adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, a controlled study. Good Lord. I, I, you, you think I make the stuff up. I don't. And, and even if I do, I didn't. Like, half the time it's based on actual news stories. Like, I swear, it was the Department of Homeland Security briefing on this the micro inequity thing, and then there was I. This is as ba- as far back as the Department of Transportation in 2015. They were talking about the micro in- inequity thing, and, and I'm like, oh my god, this is unbelievable. And but you you just can't make it up because as fast as I could even invent the stuff, it's actually out there as a real thing. I just didn't know it was a real thing, so it's just a never ending series of targets. <laughs> Let me put it that way. There's like no, there's not enough time. I could do transgressors for four hours, but it would take me like 20 to write it. So that's not going to happen. 437, 1620, 1620. Um, what else do we have going on? Oh, so I know I haven't talked an awful lot about the situation at the Pensacola Humane Society because I don't know what to say. It's just chaos. I mean, I you know, they're shut down now, right? Like, first the allegation, and they, they sent us a copy of it, and I thought, I'm not going to go on the air with these unsubstantiated allegations and because we have rules. And, you know, they allege all these horrible things were good. You know, anonymous letter and allege all these horrible things were going on at the Humane Society. And then, of course, you know, you had the 
um, a chair of the board comes back and does an interview with Channel 3 and, you know, explains how this is what we're doing and we've hired a firm to investigate and we've talked with people and we don't know where these are all coming from and I don't think any of this is happening and some of the claims are specifically false. Well, then, you know, the follow-on to that is that the uh, what the, the, the director got let go and then the staff all resigned and they had to empty out all the shelter. I'm like, what is happening? And I, I don't purport to know. I don't pretend to have some inside track or anything like that. It's just, oh, my God, the utter collapse of an entirely normal, ordinary, historically important charity. I mean, what else can you say? I don't know how we get from here to there, but my God. And then it's not like we were at surplus shelter capacity elsewhere, like at Escambia and Santa Rosa to begin with. But I know they've taken in a lot of the animals. and We found ways to home them and temporarily and all that, which is, you know, amazing work by somebody making that happen, too. But good grief. We're already Just, limited on animal space. The whole thing is right, so sad. Right. It's so it's, sad. Yeah. And, and that's really, you know, the human drama of it all is one thing, but of course the animals are the ones who suffer. Absolutely. And that's that's the problem, is if you, you know, believe that we have an obligation to treat animals well, and I do, I'm a Christian after all, God gave us the garden and the animals and said be good stewards of it, then that's heartbreaking to think about the stuff that's going on. Anyway, I don't have a lot to add. I just, you know, I have been following the story and uh, it is really horrible. Steve has got uh, local news coming up next after Fox. Fox News, and I'm Chris Foster. The monthly jobs report shows the smallest growth in two years, but more than most economists expected and the lowest unemployment rate in 55 years. The number of jobs added by the economy, 223,000. That's the big number here. Expectations of an addition of 200,000 jobs in December. The unemployment rate falling to 3.5% from 3.7%. Again, 223,000 monthly jobs, non-farm jobs created. Jerry Willis with Fox Business. After going 0 for 11 in votes so far, House Republicans Republican leader Kevin McCarthy is offering to share more power if elected House Speaker. South Carolina Republican Ralph Norman has been a no on McCarthy so far. Had we gone lockstep and elected him, uh, as a lot of the other Republicans did, there would be no chance to have these reforms made. But some Republicans who said they'd never vote for McCarthy would need to change their minds for him to be elected Speaker. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning and happy Friday. It's 831, 52 degrees and sunny in Pensacola. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio 92.3. Congressman Matt Gates believes there's one man who can make the House of Representatives great again. That's what the panhandled Republican said yesterday when he nominated Donald Trump to be Speaker of the House. Gates. Donald John Trump. Trump. He cited Trump's record on prison reform, veterans' issues, trade, and foreign policy. Gates adds naming California Congressman Kevin McCarthy as speaker would be business as usual. Gates was the only one to vote for Trump, though the former president has urged Republicans to vote for McCarthy. Voting will continue today. The Florida Highway Patrol says they took one person into custody after they intentionally rammed into a patrol car. It happened yesterday afternoon just after 5 on Nine Mile Road at Fowler Avenue. The suspect was reportedly driving a black 2021 Hyundai. According to the Escambia County Sheriff's Office, the suspect was a convicted felon. They said drugs, including fentanyl and guns, were in the vehicle. The name of the suspect and other details are not yet available. A former Mobile firefighter claims she was fired in part over a tattoo on the back of her head. Kayana Adams tells WKRG that at the time she got the tattoo, department policy prohibited those tattoos on the face or the neck. The policy was updated to include head tattoos. Somebody put in a complaint in regards to my tattoo. Um, and the next thing I knew, I was 
being investigated for it, um, you know, and, and interrogated behind it, and then, you know, they made their decision that I was in violation of the policy. Adams says even though she complied with the request to grow out her hair to cover it, uh, they she was still fired in November. Reportedly on the same day, a picture was taken of her head showing the tattoo completely covered. Adams also believes she received retaliation for raising concerns over sexist and harassing behavior that she received. A Pensacola shipyard worker suffered severe burns in a boat fire near Patty's shipyard in Pinewood Lane yesterday afternoon. EMS was called around 1.15 p.m. to Patty Shipyard at 306 South Pinewood Lane. Upon arrival, the worker was found with extensive burns. The cause of the fire is still under investigation. Let's check the forecast from Channel 3. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. Beautiful day out there with a high near 63 degrees. Plenty of sunshine with a low overnight near 45. Beautiful weather will continue through the beginning of the weekend. Saturday, sunny skies, high near 65. Saturday night, temperatures dropping near 57. And by Sunday, a little bit warmer near 70 degrees for your high with a small chance of a stray shower. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News first morning weather team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. And right now on this Friday morning as everybody's going to work. Let's check in with Candy Cullison for Traffic on the Fives. All right. The good news is we're not showing a whole lot. It looks like a, a lot has been moved off to the side. This is brought to you by Florida Blue. Scenic Highway and North Point uh, Parkway. This is near the Dairy Queen just off I-10. It looks like an accident, but that's also been moved off to the side right near the uh, convenience store there. Come get info and last chance for health plans with Florida Blue Mobile Northwest. That's at Piggly Wiggly and Mary Esther. That happens on Saturday. Tomorrow, lunch uh, while supplies last, 11 to 1. And if you have traffic tips, text 437-1620, News Radio 92.3 informative, local, dependable. Thanks, Candy. Right now, 52 degrees at Pensacola, 54 in Gulf Breeze, and 46 in Milton at 835. Next news is at 9, breaking news anytime. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, poor candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy. Risen Kizumab Rizza, a prescription only 150 milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clear skin at four months. And SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand. Nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. As a small business owner, what keeps you up at night? Just knowing if your email got hacked or your phone system went down, it could cost you thousands in revenue as well as your reputation. That's where Data Revolution comes in with their unique position to take care of you and your business IT support, phone systems, cybersecurity, and more. Secure it and sleep better at night by going to datarevs.com. Winner of the 2021 Best of the Bay for IT support. datarevs.com. 
Good morning. I'm Steve Taylor with your Money Now. The nation is adding more jobs than expected. The latest jobs report says 223,000 positions were created in December. Analysts were expecting about 200,000. The unemployment rate now sits at 3.5%. Federal officials say leisure and hospitality, along with health care and construction, led the job gains to close out the year. However, jobs were lost in professional and business services. At the opening bell, the Dow Jones average was up 354 points at 33,000. 284. S&P 500 up 36 points at 3,845. That's your Money Now on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Pensacola's Morning News with Andrew McKay. Mornings 5 to 9. There is no arguing with the horrific nature of lung cancer, but does it translate into a justification for prohibiting them from smoking in an outside public area? The difference between somebody who's smoking multiple packs of cigarettes a day and killing themselves is different from a few times that you breathe the diluted smoke from somebody else in an outdoor space. On News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Like sands through the black water, so are the days of our Milton. And now, another episode of City Council Melodrama Theater. Generally speaking, there's three kind of big buckets of reasons why someone might need Have you ever been to our beautiful white sandy beaches? On a hot summer day, try, trying to enjoy the view with your loved ones and another family comes and sits right next to you and running, ruining your staycation because they lit a cigarette and then after they're done, they put it in the sand. That's awful. The smokes, and also the smoke can make you cough, your eyes water, and your nose burn or run. I, I thought, I... I thought our community will have a cleaner atmosphere without smoking, less and less pollution, and less litter. This is, as always, Milton City Council, and you know it's not really fair. I I I played the stage here as the Milton Melodrama Theater, but I'm not really making fun of these kids. I just think that's now my intro music for Milton City Council. So you know, it's only that's just what I have to use now for everything related to Milton. Just like we use it for Pensacola stuff as well. Oh, and by the way, uh, I know you're probably expecting the rap on a Friday. I've been sick this whole week, and I didn't want to invite friends in and make them sick. You know, Candy, yeah, it's you're okay fine. for the chopped liver over here. But yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I know, I know. That's and very good of you. Same thing. Like I didn't have Chip in studio this week because I didn't want to get him sick. So, um, and we have you know plexiglass between us. I mean, everything's gonna be fine. Yeah, we'll um, be fine. Yeah, right. So anyway, I just didn't want to bring people in the studio, and that's the only way that works. Uh, and so instead, we have an extra episode of Milton City. Council Melodrama Theater. Anyway, back to the kids at the city council this week at the executive committee. This is Braley Sanford, a sixth grader at Woodlong Beach Middle School. Kudos to the kids for writing speeches, writing little uh, essays, and then getting up and presenting them at city council. That can be a very nerve-wracking thing, so I appreciate that. But this is the next natural step, right? What you're, You've you seen Pensacola City Council is halfway to implementing a ban on smoking at parks and uh, well, be parks only. We don't have, I guess we don't have beaches, but uh, I guess beaches don't really count. I'm thinking of, um, you know, off of Scenic or like Bruce Beast or something like that. But it's probably, maybe they rewrite it to include that. I don't know, but we'll see the second vote on that coming up this month. Meanwhile, you've got Okaloosa County has talked about this. And so where else? Well, Milton City Council. You know, the uh, SWAT team, which is the, 
against tobacco, students working against tobacco. And uh, they go there, for example, uh, Lillian Nagel, she's a 10th grader from Pace High. Cigarette butts are the most common source of litter in parks and beaches. And for over 30 years, cigarette butts have been the most found item in beaches and parks based on the Ocean Conservancy's annual Florida report. The waste produced is encountered on parks and beaches more than straws, cans, glass bottles, and grocery bags combined. Cigarettes aren't biodegradable, and the toxic chemicals in cigarettes and their filters are insanely harmful to the environment and marine life when they are in the water supply. Right, so you got the litter is ugly. You got the harm to the environment, to the animals, to the water. You've got the problem of secondhand smoke, which is, again, an irritant if you're next to somebody. I don't think out at a park it's actually much of a health hazard, but that's the argument that gets made. And again, more people just talking about why smoking shouldn't be in the parks and the beaches. This is Ava Zuniga, seventh grader at Woodlawn Beach Middle School. It hurts the animals. The animals help us survive. So if the animals die or eat plastic, we could die. Also, the beaches look super ugly with trash and it's just ugly. Tourists wouldn't want to come to our state. That being said, we need to all pitch in and help keep our state clean. I like super ugly as a descriptor. I think that's about accurate. Uh, you had Mia, and she didn't give us a last name, a sixth grader at Woodlawn Beach Middle School. Have you ever been to a beach or park and seen several cigarette butts on the ground? Imagine how much cleaner parks and beaches would be if we made them tobacco-free. When I go to a beach or park, I usually see someone smoking and breathe in the unple- unpleasant smoke. Some benefits from tobacco-free parks and beaches are fresher air rather than breathing in smoke, cleaner ones, and healthier people. Making parks and beaches smoke-free would be very beneficial to me and the community. So, you know, you see a whole bunch of people presenting. And again, CDAC is the community. What does it CDAC stand for, Candy? Uh, Community Against uh, Drugs and Alcohol, I think. Uh, CADC. Okay, very good. All right. Uh, Kara Mishulka was also part of the SWAT group at uh, Pace High, 10th grade of the vice president. Secondhand smoke. Hypothetical situation here. I imagine you're taking a nice, refreshing walk in the park by your house, and this is a daily routine. Suddenly, a big puff of smoke is blown in your face by a nearby smoker, and this starts to happen every day. It's not bad, you think to yourself. It's a bit of a nuisance, but I'll be fine, right? Wrong. As discovered by the CDC, people who do not smoke but are exposed to secondhand smoke at home or at work increase their risk of developing heart disease by 25 to 30%. Secondhand smoke increases the risk for stroke by 20 to 30%. Secondhand smoke causes more than 8,000 deaths from stroke each year. So much for I'll be fine, right? <laughs> I, I like the presentation. I like her. She's probably a debater is my guess. Absolutely. Yeah, um, she's doing good. But as somebody who coached debate for a while, I will give her one tip, which is on this one, she's made a four-term fallacy. Uh, she's saying the example, very captivating, of walking in the park and catching somebody's puff of smoke thinking you'll be fine, but then she gives evidence, and to her credit says it accurately, the CDC says that secondhand smoke in the workplace or in the home can be dangerous to you. That is not the same as outside at a park. It's a point that I've made many times before. So um, you're going to go off on a sophomore? Okay. I didn't didn't go off on her. I just said <laughs> no, that just she kidding, got I'm this one. I, I'm glad they did this. I think I this is too. great. And I, you know, I love to see the participation, and I think that if people are going to show up at city council, then you respect them enough to respond to their arguments when there are things to be said in response to them. And that's you know, that's being respectful, not condescending. Uh, anyway, so I thought they did great. And then the question is, well, how was this going to land at city council? Because my perception of Milton, much like Santa Rosa County in general, has been more freedom-loving than government-restricting. That's kind of a theme, my perception. And so I I didn't know what to expect because I was totally wrong in predicting how city council in Pensacola would handle this. But uh, at Milton, I thought, 
well, surely some people are going to be against this. Surely some people are going to stand up. And, you know, Shannon Rice is not there anymore. Um, I thought she would be one of those, you know, kind of how dare you freedom kind of things. Right. Um, This had come up previously with regards to the employee smoking policy. And, God, if I remember correctly, it had been a ban. And I could get this wrong, and if I do, I apologize. I think they had a ban on hiring smokers that they undid. I think you're right. In an effort to expand the applicant pool. I think even uh, Chief Tyndall had said that it cost him employees because they weren't able to hire smokers. Is how I remember it. Yeah, Yeah. I I think that's right. And so, um, so I expected the city of Milton City Council to be more resistant to this you know it's hard to say no to the kids which is why you bring kids course, yeah but i thought maybe they would be more resistant i'll tell you what they did say here in a second before that let's get candy in here with traffic on the five traffic on the five is brought to you by career source escarosa's career fair scenic highway north point parkway showing an accident it looks like just north of the convenience store but it also looks like it's been moved off to the side that's near the dairy queen just off the uh, exit off i-10 it's traffic on the fives career source escarosa's career fair table still available for employers january 26 at the fairgrounds visit CareersourceEscarosa.com for details. If you have traffic tips, text 437-1620. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. So back to the city council in Milton where they've been presented with a a stream of middle and high schoolers uh, who are against allowing smoking in the public parks and beaches. A proposal they're asking for, Roxanne Meese and Jeff Snow. I'll open it up for any comments from the members, Ms. Meese or Mr. Snow, or Mr. Ms. Pat, yeah. Mr. Pat. Thank you so much. Um, I'm 100% behind you on this. I want to thank you also. Uh, I'd like this council to go ahead and direct staff to bring something to us, whether it's next meeting or uh, committee of the whole. That's two out of eight who say yes, bring forward one of the new council members, Gavin Hawthorne. My son, he's in the SWAT um, organization at Hobbs Middle School, sixth grader. Um, so he is a very uh, strong advocate and he comes home every day and he lectures me every day the same things that you that you um, guys are lecturing as well. So um, I'm with Councilman Snow as well, getting something going to make a stop with some type of ordinance to this as well. So that's three. Marilyn Farrow, another new thank, one. Wanted to thank you for being here tonight and for explaining this program to us. I was not aware of it, and I wasn't aware of the new law either. So thank you so much for bringing this to our attention. And I would also be in support of bringing this to the staff for further study. So that's four, and a couple of others expressed at least support for the students, if not for the actual policy. Uh, Mike Cusack, <laughs> I would play you the clip, but it sounds like this. Because he needs to get closer to his microphone. <laughs> hey, it's a lot. Look, it's a lot to track when you're a new city council member. All the things you're supposed to do, you know. It seemed to me like an 8-0. to zero. It seemed to me like it was an 8-0. to zero. So they're going to bring this back, and there are going to be three meetings before this happens because you've got the uh, – what the committee meeting, the executive, I forget the name of the other. It's like the, the, the meeting one, meeting two, and then the actual city council meeting. And so we're going to have at least three meetings to bring this back. So it'll be a little while before it gets into place. But if you are a smoker and want to be able to continue to smoke at Milton City Parks and or beaches, uh, you may want to go to City Hall and express your opinion because otherwise it's going to happen like what happened in Pensacola, which is halfway it's a done deal. And I don't expect anybody to protest there either. Because, you know, we, we've gotten to where, like, smokers are kind of like the new closeteds. You know, like, they're not supposed to admit it, and they're not supposed to you know, nobody likes a smoker. Smokers are bad. Do this in private in your own time. Um, you know, and so nobody wants to get up and be like, I'm in favor of the smoke. You know, like, nobody wants to do that. But I will do it on your behalf. I have been doing it for years. I have been saying for years, and I will say it again like I've said many times, I hate smoking. 
Can't stand it. Don't like the smell of it. Uh, it irritates me. I prefer to be in a place where it's not happening, uh, just like in a park or on a beach. But I will defend your right to do it because I'm not willing to outlaw it. And I think freedom and tolerance are important principles. And I keep coughing. In the great state of free Florida. <laughs> ironically, ironically, non-smoker Andrew McKay, because I had a cold this week. Non-smoker Andrew McKay is coughing himself to death while he's defending smokers' rights. <laughs> That's great radio. Anyway, so no, but if you're not going to you know, step up to the plate, if you're not going to show up at city council and defend your rights, I, you know, I'm not either. I'm not going to die on this hill. I'm just telling you, philosophically, I'm with you. So nobody showed up in Pensacola? Fine, have it. You know, nobody wants to show up in Milton? We'll see. If you show up, I'll defend you. If, you know, you know, you uh, don't show up, then, you know, you're going to lose this privilege. By the way, oh, somebody texted in. we got a couple of texts on this subject, 437-1620. Uh, somebody here says, the way to solve this problem is it's so simple. You just ban non-smokers from outdoor venues. Yeah, you know, protect them from the smoke. There you go. You see, it's simple. And that's a non-smoker making that's that really joke. That's really funny. I, I love our sarcastic <laughs> audience. Sure. Um, let's see, what else? 437-1620. Somebody just says, God help us. Um... Look, there are competing interests here, right? On the one hand, there is the interest in smokers in using a legal product in a legal way uh, outside when they're walking, if they do, or at the beach or whatever, which is a perfectly understandable thing and until fairly recently common normal. Then there's also the right of people to breathe clean air and to not be irritated, agitated by the behavior of their neighbors in public spaces. But there's also a value there. I wouldn't quite call that one a right. Just like God, because rights are God-given things, you know what I mean? And like, they're pretty robust things, and I don't like to claim things are rights unless you have a pretty good grounding for it. We over, we far overclaim the existence of rights as we basically, I want to do something, and then we call it a right. And that's a terrible philosophy. Anyway, 437-1620. Oh, somebody- people use children to give speeches because nobody will tell them to be quiet. Yeah, right. And nobody will mm-hmm. bother criticizing their arguments sure. or responding because it's a very powerful. And also, can I say this? If the end game here is that you manage to get a world where Americans don't smoke, I mean, it's not a bad outcome. It's, no, it's not. Right. Absolutely, and, of course. And, and it's true that seeing, you know, the normalization of smoking by seeing it done and the denormalizing of it is meant as they specifically said that as a goal. They want to denormalize smoking. All understandable goals. Very understandable. Uh, somebody asks on the text line, 437-1620, what was the new law that was referenced? Oh, uh, she means the fact that it was depreemptive. That the uh, the legislature depreempted smoking regulation in parks and beaches this last year, except for cigars, and so that was the new law that she wasn't familiar with. Eight fifty one on News Radio ninety two three. I'm Andrew McKay. You love your car or truck, right? We love it too. This is Mike Ryan and Mike Ryan's Truck and Auto Accessories. For a cooler summer and protections from harmful UV rays, we'll tint the windows. For safety and security, we have alarms, backup cameras, and dash cams. And for the most beautiful vehicle on the block, our full detailing service will make it look brand new. We have so many custom accessories, it's impossible to list them all here. So come see us at Mike Ryan's Truck and Auto Accessories on Industrial Boulevard at W Street, just north of Marcus Point Baptist Church. You know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair of Swan Capital, Saturdays at 1, to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do all the things you've dreamt about doing in retirement. Don't miss What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair, Saturdays at 1. Firm offers insurance services, advisory services offered through Swan Capital, LLC. 
Tune in to News Radio Pensacola on the FM dial at 92.3 and 95.3. Listen on the AM dial at Michigan rise. How are you going Madam Clerk, I rise to nominate Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House. Again? <laughs> yes, again. This was round seven of 11, so not to give away the ending, but nothing has been decided. Oh, I gave away the ending. Um, this is John James, a freshman representative from Michigan who happens to be a black guy, and I thought, honestly, I had never heard him speak before, but just impressive up-and-comer in the Republican Party, for sure, because he gave a really good speech yesterday. It didn't make any difference. I mean, nobody changed their votes because of what he said. But I thought it was a really good kind of, hey, this is our platform, and we can showcase some of our people. By the way, we're starting to get into the position where the uh, McCarthy versus the anti-McCarthy people, the anti-McCarthy people are going to run out. They're going to have to start recycling speakers (laughs) because there are only 20 of them, right? And so uh, we're going to see how this all plays out. But, you know, I thought like basically I thought that um, uh, John James's comments just were very, very interesting. He said, you know, what divides us today isn't nearly as big as what divided us in past when you had this problem in the past. Thank you, Madam Clerk. There's been a lot of talk about history over the last few days. And 1856 was the last time it took longer than the votes we're having right now to find a Speaker of the House, 133 over two months. Without question, the issues divide us today are much less severe than they were in 1856. In fact, there's far more that unite us than divide us, regardless of our political party or ideology. The issues today are over a few rules and personalities. While the issues at that time were about slavery, and whether the value of a man who looks like me was 60% or 100% of a human being. It was a long, drawn-out, painful process, but it needed to happen. And in the end, Nathaniel Banks won by the slimmest of margins. But you know, margins don't matter when your policies are on the right side of history. That's a pretty good start. You know, like, when was the last time we had to go through this well, you know, we're fighting about slavery, right? And is this what divides us today? Even though they're important things, are they nearly as important as that? Well, obviously not. Let's get Candy in here with Traffic on the Fives. And uh, watching a, one accident scenic in North Point, uh, but not showing a roadblock there. Shemuckla Highway, Woodbine is clear. Berry Hill not showing any slowdowns either. If you have traffic tips, text 437-1620, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Back to John James. He was talking about how, you know, it's amazing that my family can go from having been slaves to Jim Crow in the South to now being on the floor of Congress, which is true. And, you know, he talked about conservative ideals and goals. And then he told a story about Kevin McCarthy that I want to share. It's a little bit long, but I think it's worth sharing because I I had not heard this before, but I'm glad he told the story. I'm standing here today because I'm the seventh to stand up in support of Kevin McCarthy for speaker. He's earned my trust. The first time we met was in his office under the watchful gaze of a, a Frederick Douglass painting. 
And he told me in that office on the eve of the 2019 State of the Union address that there's nothing that could be said or done during that address that embarrassed him more than the fact that when the Democrat side stood up, they would look more like the United States of America than we did. What a line. And he set out not to compromise our values, not to compromise our ideology, but to work harder to make sure that more people with diverse perspectives and different lived experiences could be here. In the very next election, he won 14 seats up from 199. And all the seats he won were with minorities, women, and veterans. The very next cycle, this next cycle, he won, and me and my good buddy and classmate, Wes Hunt, helped double the number of black Republicans in the, in the Republican yeah. Congress. Which, again, you know, look, I, I hate to ever judge anything on the basis of gender or skin color because I just don't think these things matter the way liberals think they matter. But there's something true in the idea that if you have more of a representative slice of America in your party, it probably means you're doing something more right, <laughs> you know? And if you don't, that's probably a problem as well. Uh, but no, so I appreciated his speech. I thought it was very good. And, you know, um, I don't, I don't, I can't listen to all eight hours. I listen to a lot of it. I skip through a lot of this stuff too, the voting and a lot of these nominations are repetitive. In the end, nothing happened. Okay. Yes. Uh, Matt Gates put up president Trump. Yes. He gave a speech that was interesting. I played some of that earlier. He didn't get anybody else to vote for him. So that's a non-starter. We've got another person who's now been added to the mix of the others that they're voting for. His name is Kevin Hearn. He doesn't even have more than Byron Donald's in the last vote seven versus 12. But look, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I told you this for the last year. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but nobody seems willing to move. One note that I want to make that I had not made previously, and I want to make sure it gets said several times today, as I have, is what Matt Gates and the opposition are asking for is not just not Kevin McCarthy. They're asking for very specific reforms, a ban on single stock trading by all members, because as legislators, you can influence what happens in, a, in, a, in an industry, a ban on campaign contributions from federal lobbyists and PACs, a single subject rule for all bills so that legislation would only be related to one topic. I 100% agree. With, I mean, I can't agree with that more than 100% because I believe in math, but I agree with that as much as you possibly can, 100%. And so the things that he's asking for, you know, uh, a vote on term limits, a vote on a balanced budget, a vote on border restrictions, those are all things I support. They're not asking for lunatic things. They're asking for real reform in how Congress does its business, and I support them. All right, quick future news, Candy. Yes. Are we going to get a speaker today? No. No. Are we going to get Matt again put up Trump today on January 6th, the anniversary? Yes. I think he has to. I think he can't not do it. It would be too obvious. Um, do non-compete clauses get banned? Yes. As the FTC, I agree with great. this, and I love this. Wahoo's cashless works out? Yep. And no smoking in Milton Parks? Yeah. Probably. Talk in the afternoon with Bobby Rossi, 4 till 7 is on. News Radio 92.3, WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.